us today. Uh, the title of what God's got on my heart today is Fulfilling God's Call on Your Life. How many know that the Lord is calling you and me today? He's calling you and me today. You know what he's doing? He's saying, come, take up a cross and follow me. The Lord Jesus is calling you today to come and dine. Yes, I can hear the Lord saying, will you answer this call? I said, will you answer this call? He's saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The Lord is calling us today. Fulfill God's call in your life. And uh, speaking of him calling, don't put him on voicemail, okay? When the Lord is knocking on your door and uh, the Lord is through his still small voice and his word is calling us, uh, don't, don't say, I'm busy right now. Answer his call today. If you hadn't answered his call, you need to today. If you're not a Christian, you need to become a Christian today by faith in Jesus Christ through the blood of the Lamb. But there's many Christians he's calling us to deny ourselves and to uh, take up a cross and follow him. And speaking of calling us, I was thinking about a young man that said 2020 he was going to make some changes in his life. He said, I'm going to purposely make some changes. How many of y'all need some changes in your life in 2020? Probably a lot of us need some changes in our life. This young man had on his voicemail, he said, I'm away from my phone right now. Uh, but I'll, uh, you know, I hear you calling. And he said, I'm making some changes in my life right now. And if you don't get a call back, you know that you're one of the changes I'm making in my life. I don't know about that, but I know this. I know for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at 2020 vision in 2020. In fact, the Lord has had us on a series of thoughts concerning this new year. If you recall, just a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the subject of the importance, yea, the priority of prayer in 2020. If we're going to see the Lord do great things and if the Lord is going to have his way with us, we certainly need to put prayer as a priority. And the church said, amen. And then secondly, last week, we looked at the subject of the Word of God, knowing the Word of God and the very reasons for knowing the Word of God. Certainly, if the Lord is going to uh, lead us into greener pastures and to stiller waters, and restore our soul, we must be people of the book, that is the word of God, and hiding its word in our heart. And I challenged you last week, as you remember, as the Lord uh, enabled me to set some time, not only to pray every day, but the word of God. Now, today we're looking at a follow-up that I think after we spend time with the Lord in prayer and after we incorporate the word of God in our daily routine, then that should lead us to want to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Speaking of answering God's call, I got a call last week. How many of y'all remember a young man by the name of Miles Sanders? Anybody remember Brother Miles? A few of you remember Brother Miles. Miles Sanders passed away. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yes, it was a shock to me as well, 48 years old. Miles, let me tell you about Miles answering the call of God. I remember meeting Miles at the age of, he was 16 years old at the time. His grandmother's name was Neva Sykes. I was serving at a church over in uh, outside of Perry, Georgia, a church brother called uh, Henderson Baptist Church. And the Lord burdened me to go see Miles, namely his grandmother, as I said, 
leave a site, she said, Brother Randy, I don't, I can't stand the thought of my grandson dying without God and going to hell without Jesus. And she was burdened for her grandson. How many of you burdened for your grandchildren today? How many of you burdened for your children? Amen. Well, uh, the Lord put it in my heart to go see Miles. I'll never forget it. At the age, I said, as he was 16, I went to his house, knocked on his door. I knew someone was home. I saw vehicles in the uh, driveway. And I'll never forget it. He didn't come to the door. <laughs> I knocked on the door again. He didn't come to the door. But how many know that sometimes you can see somebody peeping out the blind? Has that ever happened to you? I mean, they know you're there, but they're not coming to the door. I saw an eyeball poked out, uh, peeping out of a blind, and uh, later found out it was him looking out. But he didn't answer the door. He didn't know that I saw him, of course. But I nonetheless made the contact, went to and did what the Lord instructed me to do. Later, he came to church. I'll never forget it. I was teaching a Sunday school class at the time, and uh, Miles came to our Sunday school class. I shared with him the gospel, the good news. Jesus died on an old rugged cross, but he conquered the grave, and he overcame death, and he overcame the hell and sin, and he lives forevermore. I shared with Miles how he could have a personal relationship with God, how his sins could be forgiven. Maybe somebody today needs that as well. And, and I shared with him how if he'd called upon the Lord, how the Lord is calling us, come and dine, Jesus said in John chapter 21. And I said, Miles, call upon the Lord. I'll never forget, he got down on his knees in that Sunday school class. But he didn't call upon the Lord. I don't know what was holding him back. I said, Miles, you got to call upon the Lord. I can't do it for you. But he didn't call upon the Lord. Maybe some of you are putting it off. Maybe some of you are procrastinating it. He didn't call upon the Lord. But he kept coming to church. And I'll never forget, Miles was uh, diagnosed with cancer, testicle cancer. He had surgery and then he had this strong chemotherapy. It was during this process that Miles gloriously was converted and cried out to God to have mercy and grace and forgiveness in his life. And he received the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Later he was baptized. He started coming to church. He started growing in the Lord. And shortly thereafter, the Lord moved us up here in 1991 to primarily go to school for Bible College at Luther Rice over in uh, Lithonia, Georgia. And Miles moved up here a few years after that. And some of you may remember why. The purpose of also going to further his uh, Christian education. And he enrolled at Luther Rice Bible College. And uh, he came here and he began to serve as a Sunday school teacher here. And then he also began to share occasionally uh, in our sessions. Uh, he loved the Word of God. He studied the Word of God. He wasn't perfect, no, but uh, we spent a lot of time together and praying together and in just encouraging each other, going off here and there. And needless to say, I was very saddened when I heard the news. However, he developed some health problems, and he ended up moving back to Ferry. And uh, so I kind of didn't stay in touch with him much after that. But uh, I believe Miles is in heaven today, answering God's call, 48 years young. And so certainly you need to pray for his mom, Juanita, and the family. Are you going to answer God's call today? God's call, fulfilling God's call on your life. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like God's calling me to be a preacher. Well, maybe not. Uh, God's not calling me to be a missionary. Well, maybe not.
God's not calling me to serve in full-time capacity. Maybe not. But God is calling us to follow him. Yes, the Lord is calling us to serve him. Yes, the Lord Jesus wants us to love him with all of our heart. Today, we're going to look at two characters in the Bible. You've probably not heard a message preached on these two. In fact, I've never preached on these two, and I've never heard a message uh, that I can recall that's ever been preached on two individuals in the Bible, how the Lord used them to serve him. They had an occupation. They had a job just like many of you. They said, well, I work a full-time job. I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, I want to tell you, we're going to see about two individuals named Aquila and Priscilla. How many of you know who Aquila and Priscilla are? You've heard their name, but maybe you don't know a lot about them. Seven ways that you and I can answer the call of God. Let me give them to you. Don't worry about writing them down right now. Number one, we've got to make time. We've got to, uh, that's right, make time uh, to spend time, spend time with the Lord daily. Number two, we not only need to spend time, don't write them right down right now, I'll get them on the screen, okay? Number two, not only spend time with the Lord daily, but number two, make ourselves available for God to use us regularly. Number three, uh, we need to not only do that, but we need to resolve. If we're going to be used of the Lord, we need to purpose in our heart uh, that to resolve offenses and uh, hurt feelings uh, scripturally, number, number four, we need to put off the old man and put on the new man, say no to the ugly flesh. Number five, we got to learn to love people unconditionally. Number six, uh, we need, by the grace of God, uh, to, uh, uh, to work toward the judgment seat of Christ conscientiously. And then finally, number seven, we need to develop a good attitude and serve the Lord joyfully. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 18. The book of Acts chapter 18. We're looking today at the subject, God's fulfilling, God's calling on your life. The book of Acts chapter 18. Here is an introduction to Apostle Paul is on his second missionary journey. He's on his second missionary journey and he happens to land at a place called Corinth, and he inter he's introduced to this couple, this husband and wife, team, or they were a team together, Acts chapter 18. I want you to follow with me because we'll be looking, there's only some isolated passages on this reference to these two individuals named Aquila and Priscilla, and one of them's found right here in the book of Acts chapter 18, and we'll look at chapter 18, a few verses in the first part of chapter 18. And a few verses in the last part, namely chapter 18, verse 24 through 26. And then we'll turn over to Romans chapter 16. Finally, we'll look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. That's where we're going today. Acts, Acts chapter 18. You recall the church has been birthed. Jesus told the disciples to wait to tarry until they be endued with power from on high. May I suggest to you, that's my great need and your great need today, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. And yet the church had exploded, literally, and the word of God grew, and the disciples uh, were added to the church, and uh, the work of God, in spite of the opposition and persecution, uh, it was blessed by the Lord, and I say, Lord, do it again, do it again. Acts chapter 18, if you'd like to stand, let's read just a few selected verses in Acts chapter 18. I begin in verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And there was 
a lot of problems in Corinth. And we'll talk more about that maybe in a moment. Notice verse 2. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila. Let's say that name together. Aquila. Say that name again. I can't hear you. All right, good. This, this name, I, I don't know if you've studied a lot about Aquila and Priscilla, but I believe the Lord's going to give us some practical application. Now, they found, look at verse 2 again, they found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, with his wife Priscilla. Let's say that name together. Priscilla, one more time. Priscilla. So we've got Aquila and we've got Priscilla. Interesting to note. Notice, keep reading in verse 2 after the name Priscilla because I'll start back over in verse 2. You need to get the uh, picture and connect the dots. And verse 2 once more, and he found Paul in Corinth, a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Epontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he, meaning Aquila, was one of the same craft, he abode with them, uh, that is, Paul did, and wrought, that is, he uh, joined them and worked for their occupation. They were tent makers. All right, Paul's right there. Now, all of a sudden, we're introduced to Aquila and Priscilla. They are tent makers. Paul was also a tent maker. We'll talk about that. In fact, it was camel's, uh, well, rather goat's hair that they used, we're told, uh, to build this cloth and to construct tents out of it. Very uh, well-known trade during that day. Now turn over to chapter 18. Look at verse 24. Look at chapter 18, verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos. A certain Jew named Apollos. Now keep in mind, Aquila and Priscilla, now they're not in Corinth, but now they're in Ephesus. They've gone from one church to another church. Hold that thought. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria... Pause there for a moment. The, the, Alexandria was a place where the scriptures were being taught allegorically, not literally. Unfortunately, that's a very grave mistake today to teach the scriptures allegorically unless it's specifically mentioned that that should be an allegorical interpretation, for example, in the book of Galatians. But today, there's some real problems with the, you, those that come on Sunday night. know we've been talking about this. But this man was Apollos. Notice verse 24. A certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man. He was an orator. He was an uh, articulate man, a good communicator. And notice, and he was mighty in the spirit. He was mighty in the spirit. I like that word mighty. It means powerful, dunamis. He was mighty in the scriptures. And he came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. And being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. That's John the Baptist. And he began to speak boldly, verse 26, in the synagogue, whom when, well, now we're introduced to this couple again. They're not in Corinth, they're in Ephesus, the church, okay? He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded or explained unto him the way of the Lord, the way of God more perfectly. Hold that thought. We're going somewhere today. I believe you're going to fulfill God's call in your life. Father, thank you so much. You said we didn't choose you. You chose us. And oh, what the life's greatest privilege to know you and to make you known, to serve you, the living God of heaven and earth. And Lord, I ask now for uh, 
Oh God, all the hindrances, every weight, all the stuff that keeps us from fulfilling your call in our life. Open our eyes to see it and open our hearts to lay it aside and give us great grace to cooperate and participate with your will for our life. I pray for men and women, boys and girls today, that you're calling us. Give us ears to hear you calling us. And give us grace to break free from the world of flesh, the devil. And may, when all said and done, you get the glory. I bless you for saving me. I bless you for loving me. And thank you, Lord, for miles. And he's with you now. We bless you now. The best is yet to come. But until that day, until then, have your willing way with each one of us. And we'll give you glory and praise because you're worthy of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Here's where we're going today in the message. Uh, fulfilling God's call in your life. As I mentioned to you earlier, I've, the Lord put in my heart seven ways that I believe you can fulfill God's will in your life. One thing that curses me that people don't just come sit on Sunday morning. They get the tapes. They listen to it during the week. It's hard to catch everything. And I tell you, it's a blessing that we've got now. The church has got uh, downloaded apps. Katie was telling me about it the other day. If you'd like to download New Rocky Creek Baptist Church on your phone, on apps, you can access messages, you can access devotion, you can access what's going on in New Rocky Creek. To God be the glory. Come on, let's just stop there and praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I love for God's work to go forward. I'm telling we're in a battle. You're in a battle, I'm in a battle. We're on Team Jesus. Now, if we're going to fulfill God's call in our life, uh, may I suggest number one, and it comes in this order. One, we got to spend time with the Lord God daily. Notice, spend time with God daily. I find that in Acts chapter 18, verse 2 and 3. Now, if you'll find um, your Bibles, Acts chapter 18, verse 2 and 3, and if you look up at the screen, I, I went ahead and got you a map of where we're talking about geographically and it helps you visualize what's going on. Here Paul left from his home base, uh, Jerusalem, Antioch, really, and he makes his way. He's on his second missionary journey in Acts chapter 18, the first few verses. This is the third missionary journey. However, it shows us Corinth. You can see the travel and where Paul was at at this time. If you'll notice, uh, Aquila and Priscilla moved to Ephesus, and then they make their way over to Rome. There's three different churches they're serving in. That's significant, beloved, because we're called to serve the Lord. But... Uh, in addition to where they're at in the church of Corinth, I want you to notice in chapter 18, verse number 2, if we're going to fulfill God's call in our life, we must, we must, we must spend time with God daily. Look again in Acts 18. Notice chapter 18, verse 1. By the way, are you spending time with God daily? I said, are you spending time with God daily? How many today need to start saying, Lord, I need to be disciplined and start spending time with you daily. You will never answer really and fulfill God's complete will for your life until you spend time with the Lord daily. I believe that's the utmost. All right? Chapter 18, verse 1. And after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. I just described that. And he found this certain Jew named Aquila, born of Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for they were their occupation, they were tent makers. Number one, 
we've got to learn to spend time with God daily. Listen to me now. Listen to me, beloved. I know there's only 24 hours in a day. I understand according to the calculations, there's only 168 hours per week. I know you've got certain things you've got to do. I know certain places you've got to go. I know you've got certain responsibilities and obligations. But can I just tell you this? Spending time with God ought to be a priority on everybody's list every day. And today, some of you need to say, Lord, I haven't been spending time with you. If I'm going to have a relationship with God, then I must spend time with him through his word in prayer. And so that's got to be number one. I can see old Paul right now. I can see him as he makes his way over to Corinth. And he meets this couple named Aquila and Priscilla. By the way, Aquila's name, you know what it means? Eagle. Do you know what Priscilla's name means? Venerable. Oh, yes. And, and this couple, they were banished, they were exiled, kicked out, literally, of their hometown in Italy. Why? Because this uh, one named Pontus uh, was like many today, anti-Semitic. Get rid of the Jews! Get them out! And so, consequently, they were kicked out of their hometown. Hey, how would it be if the government came in and said, get out of your house? Would you like that? Would you be happy about that? You can't stay here anymore, you got to get out. Oh, we got to make application here. Well, and so the Apostle Paul makes his way over to Corinth. Now, interesting to note, listen, beloved, if you want to find out a little bit more insight, I won't spend a lot of time, but the date was January 25th. The year was 49 A.D. Historians tell us that from January 25th, 49 A.D., to January 24th, 50 A.D., was the historical account where this took place in Rome, Italy. Oh, now we're getting some idea of the time frame. Recall now, Jesus was crucified around the year 33 A.D. And so you fast forward to about 50 A.D. And you find out uh, this is about 18 uh, or so years after the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, 17 years approximately. And I can see Paul. Now listen. If you and I are going to fulfill and answer God's call today, we've got to, number one, spend time with the Lord daily. I can see old Paul right now. Hey, what's your name? My name's Aquila. Okay, Aquila. Interesting. Where are you from? We lived over there in Italy, Rome, but I know you're aware of what took place, and that's how we ended up in Corinth. Now, I'm not absolutely positive, and uh, it's kind of uh, a difference as to where they were saved at this time. Many believe that Paul led them to the Lord. Some say they might have already been converted this time. I, in my own mind's eye, I have a tendency to think, and if you disagree, that's fine, that maybe they weren't saved this time. I can hear old Paul say, you got a wife, don't you? What's her name? Uh, Priscilla? You like to meet her? Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Aquila and Priscilla. Can I ask you all a question? Uh, okay, yeah. What do you do for a living? Well, we're uh, tent makers. We make tents. Oh, really? You won't believe this, but I've done the same thing. My dad did the same thing, and I've done the same thing. You're kidding. Nope, I'm not kidding. Well, I'll tell you what, says Aquila to Paul. If you'll just come to our house tonight, and, and you can just kind of you, you sit down, and we'll break bread together. We'll have a good time, okay? By the way, Paul stayed 18 months in Corinth. 
And, by the way, he lived with Aquila and Priscilla. But here comes the conversation. I can see him as he gets to their house. So y'all have been making tents. Yeah, we've got a business. We've been making tents and, and, uh, and doing that sort of thing. Okay, says Paul. He says, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Well, I'm not so sure that we ever have. We're Jews, you understand, and we believe the Old Testament and all that. And I can hear Paul say, uh, can I tell you what happened to me? Sure, I'd love to hear it. Well, you won't believe this, but I was a Pharisee at one time. I'm fair, you see. And I thought I was religious, and I really was, and I was legalistic. And, and one day I was traveling down the road called Damascus. And all of a sudden, one day, when I was, guess what I was going to do? I was going to persecute Christians. And all of a sudden, I wasn't expecting it. A great light from heaven blinded me. I was on this road called Damascus, and I could hear this voice. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Hear this voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And at that moment, I was running, but I couldn't hide. God came looking for me. I'm telling you, you didn't come looking for God. God came looking for you. And I can hear Paul say, and it was there that I was blinded, this living God. I knew that I was hemmed up. I knew that what I was doing was wrong. I felt under deep Holy Ghost conviction. And I said to this one who was calling me, here am I, Lord. Lord, what would you have me to do? It was there that I was converted. It was there that I was born again. It was there that I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. Wow, says Aquila. And Paul says, I've never been the same. Has that happened to you? When did that happen to you? Has that happened to you? When did that happen to you? I can hear Aquila and Priscilla. Well, can we do that? Yes, you can right now. If you call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I don't know what happened, but I know this. Aquila and Priscilla were a part of the family of God. And somehow or another, they uh, had a relationship with God, whether it was there or before. But I have a tendency to believe it was there. At any rate, I can hear Paul say, but now, now that you're saved, you need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Don't be satisfied with just knowing a little about Him. Serve Him with gladness. That's, watch this, that's where you're going to find significance and security in your life. You can try all the money in the world. You can try uh, all the, the prestige and popularity of the world. But it's going to leave you empty. It's going to leave you longing for something else. And I can hear Paul say, God made you for His glory. God, He has given us a purpose for life. Tell me, are you fulfilling God's purpose in your life? That's where security is going to come and significance and fulfillment in life right now. You might be saying, oh, something's missing in my life. I'll tell you what it is. It's a relationship with God. It's getting in the center of the will of God. It's serving the Lord. The very reason we were created, to bring Him glory. Well, uh, I find it very interesting and intriguing, beloved, that though Aquila and Priscilla were business people, they had time to serve God. I could camp right there for a little while, couldn't I? They understood that it was more than their business. It was more. Thank God for it. It's their livelihood. Yes, but they understood that God made them to serve Him. 
And so, number one, if we're going to fulfill God's call in our life, number one, we've got to spend time with the Lord daily. How you doing? Number two, if we're going to fulfill God's call in our life, can I suggest to you, number two, we've got to, and may the Lord help us to, watch this, number two, they were tent makers, as I mentioned, but number two, we've got to notice, make yourselves available for God to use you regularly. If you are going to answer God's call in your life, if we are going to fulfill God's purpose for our life, hello, we must answer God's call and make ourselves available for God to use us regularly. Notice I said regularly. I thought about that. I spend a lot of time thinking and praying over the messages. Certain words are important to me. I spend time saying, God, well, what, what, wait a minute, regularly. That means not just every six months. That doesn't mean just once a year. Oh, thank God for that. But regularly, if you are going to, and I'm going to fulfill God's purpose in our life, we must make ourselves available for God to use us regularly. Turn to Acts chapter, 20, uh, chapter 18, verse 24. Look at chapter 18, verse 24. Aquila and Priscilla were busy. They were business people. I understand. I had a business years ago, uh, heating and air, well, it was electrical business. I understand. I know the, 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 you know, some of the calls and some of the mans, and I worked in the corporate world as well. Worked at Bluebird Body Company. We were working sometimes 60, 70 hours a week, and yet ministry and, and God's uh, will. So I understand the significance of that. There's a balance in putting your priorities. It's very important. Oh, yes, it is. And so, uh, you only got a certain amount of time. Understand that. Acts chapter 18. Look at it, please. Verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed, verse 25, in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the Spirit. I like his zeal for the Lord. Man, I tell you, there's nothing more discouraging than seeing somebody, you know, just ho-hum, you know, God's called me. And you know what, beloved? That's the danger you and I have. Once the Lord's called us and used us for any length of time to get in a rut, I said to get in a rut, to lose our joy of serving the Lord, to you lose that passion and the zeal to know Him. You get in the church, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But keep reading verse number 25. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Verse 26, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of the Lord God more perfectly. You see what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Here's what's happening. Aquila and Priscilla goes to church. That's good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, they had a business, but they still believe in the importance of going to church. Can I get an Amen. Oh, yeah, church is important, beloved. I was talking with a young man this week, and he was talking about he was involved in this and this and that. He says he's a Christian. I said, but listen, hey, don't let anything substitute your relationship with God, number one, but then your involvement in the local church. Why did I say that? Because I'm a pastor? No, because this book right here says it. All you got to do is read the epistles, uh, Romans and Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. Read them, and you'll see the church is important. It's not just my own agenda. It's God's Word. But wait a minute. Here's Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla, you know what they're doing? They're working, but then all of a sudden they go to church and they listen to a man. He's preaching. What's his name? Apollos. What's he preaching? He's mighty in spirit. But all of a sudden they sit back. You know what I can hear them say? You know what? I like him. 
He sounds like John the Baptist. He sounds like he's preaching about repentance. I can hear Aquila and Priscilla say, man, I like this man right here. Boy, this preacher right here, he's not sugarcoating it. He's talking about repent, repent. You tell he's been high and tell you what they, they want you to hear. Aquila and Priscilla had discernment. They understood the, the insignificance of the scriptures. And they said, we really like him. In fact, I can hear old Paulus stand up and say, you hypocrites. How you vipers, generation of vipers. He heard John the Baptist say it. How should you escape the damnation of hell? Aquila and Priscilla said, did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? Why? John the Baptist was just like that. He ate honey, but he didn't preach it. I'm telling you what, the Lord honors his word, amen. But wait a minute, he was lacking in something, this Apollos, and I can hear Aquila and Priscilla say, hey man, we love that, that was good stuff, man. But why don't you come over to our house today? We'll, We'll sit down around the table and we'll break some bread together. And as they get over there to the house, they begin to talk with him about John the Baptist and get to talking with him about baptism and and how Jesus told the disciples the Holy Ghost of God would come and the Holy Ghost of God would uh, baptize us in the body of Christ. By the way, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, the word baptism in the body of Christ means once and for all. It's in the aorist tense. And it has, it does, and check out your scripture. I'm just simply sharing what I'm telling you. You check it out and you'll see and it has nothing to do with some extraordinary glossolalia, speaking in tongues experience, being baptism in the Spirit. But if you check it out, literally, historically, it's baptized in the body of Christ initially, immediately. But I can hear also Apollos. And I can hear Aquila and Priscilla say this. Now, I know some of you got mad when I just said that, but that's all right. I still love you. And I love my friends who uh, teach otherwise. And I'm not saying I'm not all attitude, but I'm just telling you, search the Scriptures. I want to know what the Bible says. Not tradition, not church uh, tradition, but what the Scripture says. Now, listen. And so here's Aquila and Priscilla. And they say, but, but wait a minute. The Holy Ghost. Listen, Apollos. They began to take time. They took time. They made themselves available for God to use them. Is there anybody today that you've been so busy you hadn't taken time for God to use you to cooperate with the Lord, to participate with the Lord, to recognize needs around you? And so Aquila and Priscilla probably tell this man named Apollos about the role of what we call pneumatology. It's the study of the Holy Spirit. He bursts us in the family of God. Yes, he does. John 1, 12, not only that, but he seals us by the Holy Spirit, God does until the day of redemption, Ephesians 4.30. And then he indwells us for the purpose of guidance. Aquila and Priscilla are telling Apollos this. They want him to be mighty in Scripture. He's just got a little bit of knowledge. He's got a little bit of experience. And then they tell him, but wait a minute. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity comes to fill us. Ephesians 5.18. Be filled with the Spirit. And I can hear them say, by the way, Apollos, if you want to be used of God, you've got to be spirit-filled. And that's not a once-and-for-all deal. Rather, that's ongoing. The word is pleruste. It means uh, keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, if God doesn't fill us, we can't fulfill God's purpose and plan for our life. Can I get an amen? Oh, thank God for it. Are you still with me today? But wait a minute. And so here, here, they make themselves available for the Lord to use them. Oh, yes. Are you making yourself available for the Lord to use in number three? There's a third way if you're going to answer God's call for your life. 
they begin to expound him the way of the God more perfectly. Let me just say this before I get to number three. Is there somebody in your life that you could be spending time with today? Not being a know-it-all, but, but simply a sharing as iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens the countenance of a friend. That is discipling someone. Each one reach one, and then each one teach one. Have you got somebody on your heart today? I challenge you to put God, ask God to put somebody on your heart, a co-worker, a family member, and begin to pour into them, begin to ask God to build them up in the Word of God. Make yourselves available to be used of God regularly, regularly, regularly. Aquila and Pillis, Priscilla did. But there's a third way that I believe we can answer God's call, fulfilling God's call on your life. Number three. Deal with the offenses. Deal with the offenses and hurt feelings scripturally. Deal with the offenses and hurt feelings scripturally. Can I tell you if there's one thing that knocks people out of serving God, this is this one thing. I'm convinced the Spirit of God put it on my heart as I was developing and praying over the message. This one thing right here. Get it down. Get it down good, please. We've got to deal with offenses and hurt feelings and unconfessed sin, I might add, scripturally. Now, can I summarize, okay? Because Aquila and Priscilla, remember now, they were in Rome, Italy. Remember now, uh, Claudius, you're out. All the Jews, you're out. And by the way, this is before Nero's reign, which was a little bit later when the fire and uh, Peter and believed to be Paul was uh, executed during that time, a little bit later in time. But don't you know that Aquila and Priscilla had every right to be bitter and angry and hurt feelings. I can hear them right now. I can't believe they kicked us out of our hometown. Our parents lived there. We've lived there. And they told us to leave. They could have responded one of two ways. Get bitter or get better. I want to tell you, offenses and hurt feelings is what keeps a lot of people from answering God's call. The woods are full of people right now, this morning, January the 19th, 2020. People out there right now. If you talk with people, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I got offended. I went to church one time and somebody didn't speak to me and, and I was in a Sunday school class and they didn't call on me or, or something happened. Hey, look, we all get hurt feelings. And I've said it once, I've said it twice, a bunch of times. How many of you gotten your feelings hurt before? You're lying if you didn't raise your hand. You know you got your feelings hurt. You're just trying to save face in church. You got your feelings hurt? Look at me. Get over it. Get over it. Stop being a little... Do you want a cookie? Do you want pampers in the baby nursery? Come on, we, we need a little lesson here, Riley, with that little baby Mila. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of babies sitting in churches today. They didn't ask me to do this. And I got my feelings hurt and, and I'm not going back to church anymore. I'm just going to sit home. Look at me. You are a loser. Hear me. Loser, loser. And by the way, we all get our wires crossed every once in a while. But if you come to church and you're going to keep somebody from worshiping God and serving the Lord, your faith ain't very strong. I know I won't get him any amens, but I'm telling you what, there's a host of people that are wearing their feelings on their shoulder, and if we're going to answer the call of God, we've got to deal with this thing, having our feelings hurt. 
Paul said the church of Corinth, this very church where uh, Aquila and Priscilla were, you know what he said? I wanted to give you meat, but you were on. You're still drinking milk, Christians, you little baby Christian. And Paul, is t- read 1 Corinthians 3, you'll see that. You need to grow up. They were having problems with immaturity. They were having problems with marital uh, uh, immorality. There was a man in the church, 1 Corinthians 5, was with his father's wife. What in the world's going on? I want to tell you something. Let me time out there. Now, y'all are going to be shot, and you ladies, I'm going to have to pick you up on the floor. There's a lot of men today that are battling with pornography, women too. But I tell you what, being a pastor for 30 years, I'm not excusing, I'm not out of mind. Hear me, read my lips. In some cases, not in all. You know why? Write this verse down. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5. You know what? And I'm not excusing. That's sin and we need to repent of it. But there's a lot of wives and husbands that are withholding uh, their responsibility from their husband and wife, intimacy in marriage. That's wrong, according to 1 Corinthians 7. All I'm telling you is what Paul said to the church of Corinth. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Paul said, hey, stop depriving one another lest uh, you be tempted by Satan. Read the Bible and you'll see it. And, and by the way, I heard about Adam one day. Uh, he came to God after God first created him and he gave him a wife from his rib and said it was Eve. And then God said, multiply, be fruitful and multiply. By the way, if we don't address this in the church, we sure can't let Hollywood set the standard. I can't get any amens. Anyway, that's all right. Hey, I brought my amens with me. But look, here's the thing. God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And Adam's saying, what do you mean by that? He says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, they two should be one. Two means stuck together, hello. Two means intimacy. I ain't hear old Adam the next day come to God and say, God, you told me to be fruitful and multiply, but I got a question. What is a headache? Yeah, man, what's a headache? Come on. Hey, I'm telling you, you want the blessings of God in your home, you're going to have it this way. But look, the church had problems with marital immorality and immaturity and authority. They said, Paul, who in the world you think you are? Who put you up as a hot shot? I'm telling you, all you got to read is this. And so, and people get offended and they get their hurt feelings. Who told them they was a hot shot around here? You know what I mean? And and so they had problems with spiritual uh, elevation and pride. They were puffed up. They were thinking they had arrived. And Paul is saying, you are acting like a bunch of carnal Christian. You say you got this elite spiritual gift and you're just doing it out of order and it's confusing. And he says, uh, he lays down the law. This church had some number of issues. And yet, listen, Aquila and Priscilla, they didn't give up on God. They were in a church that wasn't perfect. There is no perfect church. So if you're looking for it, don't join it. You'll ruin it. You'll ruin it. You'll ruin it. Yes, we're imperfect this side of heaven. But I want to tell you, we ought to learn to forgive each other. We ought to learn to pray for each other. We ought to learn to bear each other's burdens. We ought to learn to exhort each other. Hey, look, we ought to, I'm saying we, the church, ought to learn to stir up each other. Stir up each other to good works. So much the more the day of Christ is coming. Read it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20 through 24 and 25. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You know, I've noticed this. I'm not saying this critically, but you got some people to sit in church and they're a tick. All they'll do is suck the life out of the church. Hey, instead of being part of the problem, we need to be part of the solution. 
Instead of whining and sucking your thumb about this and that, get in the battle, my friend. Stop being a baby and start manning up and start womaning up and start uh, getting right with the Lord and answering God's call for your life and, and, and forgive and let go of things that keep you from being what God wants you to be and answering God's call for your life. Well, there's a fourth way that I think the Lord wants us to know not only about uh, our hurt feelings and, uh, oh yes, uh, about uh, things like, you know, offenses look we're in this old world but every church I read about in the New Testament they had issues as well there's not going to be a perfect church till we get to heaven go ahead and expect it go ahead and say God I don't want to be part of the problem no and then notice number four we gotta if we're gonna answer God's call put off the old man the old ugly flesh Put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness, deliberately, deliberately, deliberately. Find Romans chapter 16. Come on, look at Romans 16. It's good stuff, man. I know it's good stuff. I know the Lord, not because I'm bringing it out, but I just, God, quicken this in my heart. And I trust and pray that God will use it for our, not only our own life, but in the church for His glory. Romans chapter 16. Now, keep in mind, where have Aquila and Priscilla been? They've been to Corinth, in the church. I just mentioned it. Then they've been to Ephesus. They met Apollos in church. They were used of God. They didn't fall out. They didn't say, oh, I don't like that church of Ephesus. There's idols in that church. Hadn't you heard of uh, Diana? Uh, there's a man in there. He, he, he abides in that town. His name is Demetrius. He's a businessman, and he's, make, he's a silversmith, and he's, all, he's, he's greedy. He don't want anybody else to worship any other god but the god goddess the female multi-breasted fertility god named diana that was in ephesus i i, I was there and saw uh, the false worship so i'm talking about aquila and priscilla were in that town how long three years they were in corinth how long 18 months three years now all of a sudden paul has uh encouraged them to make their way over to another place called rome they go back to their, their hometown Romans 16, are you there? Let's look at it. Romans 16, put off the old man, dug the flesh, and put on the new man. Romans 16, are you there? Are you there? Okay. Well, if you're not, here we are right here then. Hey. Romans 16, verse 3 through 5. Notice Romans 16, verse 3. After the Lord commends a, a dear lady in the church named Phoebe. Uh, you can read that in verse 1 and 2. Look at verse 3. And Paul had a team. God raised up a team in every church. I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. Amen. I want to be on team Jesus. Many people today are just hitting and missing. They're, they're, they're you know, unaccountable. See, that's the problem. When you don't get in a church and you can do your own thing. But, but, but wait a minute. Aquila and Priscilla, they weren't doing their own thing. Oh, no. They were accountable. They were responsible. That's the issue today. We don't want to come under authority. Hello. We live in an anti-authoritative world. I want to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live on an island. I'm not going to live Uh-uh. I don't want to do that. Well, you need to read the Bible again. Jesus humbled himself, and God uses authority all around us. In fact, I found and discovered in my own life uh, that uh, when I'm willing to come under authority, whether that means government, whether that means as long as it doesn't contradict the Word of God, then God always honors that. It's an umbrella of protection in the home. The husband's the head of the home of the wife. And the wife is to oversee and administrate 
And by the way, let me just say this too. Husbands, if we're not meeting our wives' needs, that might be why they have a headache. Oh, man, that hurt. I didn't want to say that. Hello. I had to be even with that because some of you ladies will say, you're pecking on us wives. No, I just do a lot of counseling and stuff, and so I'm just familiar with some of this stuff. Not only that, but been married almost 40 years. So, hey, look, Romans chapter 16. Enough said about that. Verse 3. Greet who? Greet who? Priscilla and Aquila. Is that interesting? Did you notice anything interesting in, in chapter 16, verse 3? Anybody, did you notice anything different about this? Anybody notice anything different how Paul addresses them? Say it again. I can't hear you. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Say it again. Priscilla is named before Aquila. Did you notice that? Aquila was named first, now Priscilla. Why? All we can do is guess. Some say that maybe Priscilla was the uh, one that was really uh, uh, used of the Lord, and Aquila was too. But anyway, I just thought I'd point that out, see if you're awake. Look at chapter 16 and verse number 3. And greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers, in Christ Jesus, my helpers. Wait a minute, you sure your Bible says my helpers? You sure it doesn't say they're troublemakers? Woo! Hey, you get in a church, buddy, serve God. No perfect church. Don't be a troublemaker. Be a peacemaker. And you handle things scripturally. I've already talked about our feelings on our shoulder defenses, and most of the majority of the time, it's because I want my way, and I'm immature, and I don't, and I'm not willing to reconcile. I'm not willing to forgive. I'm just wearing my flesh and feelings on my shoulder. Anyway, he says, "You are be a helper in Christ Jesus." Look at verse four. I like this. Verse four: Who for have for my life laid down what their own necks? You sure they weren't preachers? You sure they weren't missionaries? Oh, they had a church in their home. Yes, but all indication. Uh, you see, this speaks volumes to me. I don't know about you. They laid down their own necks. Unto whom, look at verse 4, unto whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles likewise greet the church that's in their house. I'm talking about saying no to the flesh. They're willing to serve God. They're willing to make time for God. They're willing to make themselves available to be used of God. Are you? Am I? Maybe today we need to just put some things off we think are very important. I'm going to talk about that in a moment because I got a feeling when we get to heaven that some of these things that we think are important now aren't as important as we think. But quickly, I've got to move on. Number five, love people unconditionally. Love people unconditionally. If you're going to answer the call of God in your life, if you're going to fulfill God's purpose in your life, how many know it's not easy to love people unconditionally? There's all kinds of people in the church. There's wishbone Christians. There's knucklebone Christians, and uh, there are backbone Christians. What do I mean, wishbone Christians? I wish my church could do this. I wish my church could do that. Well, why don't you get in and start serving God? Maybe it'll happen. And then there's knucklebone Christians. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe this is going on. You know, I don't agree with that song, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. Knucklebone, always knocking stuff, always nitpicking and fault-finding. Hey, friend, that's a heart problem. That's a heart problem. And it's not just here. I'm convinced you're that way everywhere you go. And if I'm not careful, that's how I can get to my brother, my sister. That's why I'm preaching this message today. But a backbone Christian is somebody's going to say, bless God, I might not agree with everything, but I'm on the team. I'm not going to take my bat and ball and go home. I'm going to serve God until he calls me home. 
Go ahead and purpose in your heart. You're going to do it? Go ahead. Just say, God, I'm going to serve you with gladness. Hey, look, love people unconditionally. I want to tell you something. You can't love somebody unconditionally. If they don't love you, it's hard to do it. But I want to tell you this. If Jesus is in you, he can love them through you. That's why today we got ill with somebody or something's happened and and we just need to get our heart right with God and say, God, I may not love everything to do, but I'm going to love them. I'm talking about in the church. I'm talking about outside the church. I'm talking about everywhere. Yes, love people unconditionally. And that's what uh, Aquila and Priscilla did. Number six, notice, work toward standing before the judgment seat of Christ conscientiously. Work Work toward standing before the judgment seat of Christ conscientiously. Notice, Likewise, greet the churches in their house. Salute my beloved uh, Epenetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. Now, I go back to this. Work towards standing before the judgment seat of Christ. If you want to be used of God, if you want to, if you want to answer the call of God's in your life today, I want to tell you how you're going to do it. Number one, you've got to spend time with the Lord daily. Number two, you've got to make yourself available for God to use you regularly. Number three, we've got to deal with offenses and hurt feelings scripturally. Number four, we've got to put off the old man and put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and true holiness deliberately. Number five, if you want to answer the call of God in your life today, then you've got to work toward standing before the judgment seat of Christ conscientiously. I've got news for you. You will stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. Can you hear me? I will stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. You can make every excuse in the world right now here on earth for not serving God, for not loving the Lord, or just giving God leftovers instead of giving Him your all, not enough and just enough rather than more enough. But one day when we, if I believe the Bible, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. What am I going to say? What are you going to say? Life is short, but one day, notice in Romans chapter 14, Paul in the same epistle. By the way, the church of Rome, they had issues too, hello. They were strong Christians, they were weak Christians. Some were wanting to eat meat and some weren't wanting to eat meat. And they were saying, this meat doesn't bother me. It was offered to idols, but there's only one true living God. And the weaker Christians on the other side, I'm talking about the church of Rome. Ah, this meat was offered to idols. You shouldn't eat it, you shouldn't eat it, you shouldn't eat it. It's wrong. And there was yak, 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 yak. Can I just jump in and say something? You say, but I was way back then. Paul said, look, stop being a baby about this. If it causes your brother to stumble, don't do it. We need to grow up, don't we? We need to grow up. Hey, look, you say, but that was way back then. It don't happen today. I'm going to throw you a curve right now. I don't like that kind of music. Oh, that hurt. I'm not going to church. They're going to play that. Hey, look, we as a church, I know we got preferences. I've got preferences too. And that's why we have two services, 8.30 and 11, for that reason. Because we want the Spirit of God to minister to you through what you're accustomed to, and we're going to continue to do that. We've done it now for 10 years, and we're going to continue to do that. It's important to me. But look, you can, you can have preferences like I do. Y'all listen to me. It's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about getting people to Jesus. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So look, if you've got a preference, that's fine. But don't fall out over it, okay? Don't make a big issue of it. Serve God and love the Lord. And so, so there's a lot of stuff going on in churches today. Wait a minute. Last but not least, 
develop a good attitude and serve the Lord joyfully. Look over 2 Timothy chapter 4. We don't have time. I'm going to close right here. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know what 2 Timothy chapter 4 says? Paul's in prison. This is one song. He's about ready to die. Last words of people are very important, aren't they? Last words of people are very important. Linda, last words of Linda are very important. Hello. And, and so Paul, he says this to Timothy. He's in prison. He's fixing to have his head beheaded. He's fixing to go out in eternity. What's he thinking about? Serving the Lord and people that God raised up in his life. I wish I had time to shout right there and jump up and hoop right there because I'm being honest with you, folks. I, once in a while, I just have to pinch myself and say, God, you're a great God, and you're doing wonderful things through your church. I tell you, I'm just thrilled. Oh, improvements, yes. I need improvement, yes. And that's why I'm going to quite a quit, quit right here. But uh, greet, and he didn't say Priscilla. <laughs> he used her short name, and Aquila. And the household, are you going to fulfill God's call on your life? Are you? If you are, you've got to make time for God daily. Will you do it? Two. Make yourselves available for God to use you regularly, right now. Stuff that I don't want to do when my flesh fights it, I know God's in it. My flesh don't want to die easy. Three, deal with offenses and hurt feelings. Scripturally, two wrongs don't make a right. You can be right, yet be wrong. Loving, fellowshipping, encouraging, moving on with the Lord is most important. Boy, that was a mouthful. Watch this. Maturity with diversity equals unity. You hear me? Maturity. You show me a mature Christian, they might have a conflict with somebody else in the church. They realize diversity, different gifts for different purposes. They respect and celebrate their giftedness. Maturity. With diversity, difference of gifts equals unity. You're going to love people unconditionally? Let's stand together, can we?